You're listening to the Marketing for Learning podcast, the only podcast in the world designed to help you increase your capabilities when it comes to marketing in the learning function. We're here to help you make your learners do things they don't want to do. You're welcome. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Marketing for Learning podcast. As you guys probably know already, our purpose of this podcast is to make bite-sized podcasts that you can listen to and apply straight away. We want them to be practical and things that you can actually implement in your organizations. So today I want to talk to you about something that's going to make a huge impact if you get it right. And it's about your messaging. Messaging is a huge, huge part of your brand identity, but it's one that people that perhaps don't come from a marketing background often overlook because branding in your mind is obviously color schemes, fonts, style of imagery. (laughs) If you're thinking about mass, it will be your pineapples and your dinosaurs. But actually, if you think about mass as an example, think about the tone of voice we use, the kind of words we use that aren't really seen elsewhere and that is a huge brand differentiator so today I'm going to talk about a messaging framework and your messaging framework is made up of six parts you identify your target audience your tone of voice your brand promise your positioning statement your tagline and your brand pillars And then for a bonus point, we also include examples. So first things first, we always start with our target audience. I've said this at least 10 times in the last week. I was going to say 100, but I thought that would be too much of an exaggeration. Everything we do in marketing starts with the audience. What are they going to get from it? Buzzword bingo, there's the what's in it for me again. We always need to understand who we are targeting before we do anything in marketing. So you really need to understand who you're talking to because employees of my company is really not good enough. If you haven't done already, go back and listen to episodes nine and 10. Um, Can't remember which order they're in, but there's one about learner personas and which I implore you to actually create for yourself. And there's one about the huge trouble with the word learner because nobody comes into work and goes I'm a learner today they're they're who they are underneath and that's what we need to be digging into who they really are as a person and then we move on to tone of voice tone of voice is always a fun one to discuss in L&D circles because so many people fall for that corporate casual you know we're going to be stuffy in corporate but we're going to chuck in a few little in-its or wanners. <laughs> and it just doesn't, it doesn't resonate with anybody, if we're honest. So your tone of voice needs to be about how you sound in your audience's mind. Firstly, you need to consider, does it need to be the same as your overall brand identity for your company? I'm going to say it doesn't need to be. Because the chances are your external audience and your internal audience are two really different people. So you need to be thinking about the target audience again. You have a different audience, you probably need a different tone of voice. 
are you a sucker for corporate jargon? Or do you absolutely never want to see it again? Do you want to chuck low-hanging fruit in the bin and leave it there forever? Make that clear in your tone of voice. A really good example of tone of voice is Uber. On Uber's app, they could say, we're a taxi company that you can order on your phone and you will get you from A to B and we'll tell you all about your driver. We'll tell you their name, their review, their license plate number, absolutely everything. And we'll give you all and go on and on and on. All of their USPs, all of the things that make Uber, Uber. But they don't. They simply say, where to, Hannah? It's that simple. And in being that simple, they're telling me that ordering the cab is that simple. And they could do the same on their main website, which is about getting drivers to sign up to be a driver for Uber. They could say, we're going to get you the best clients and we're going to get you the most demands and all of that fluff. But instead, they just say, get in the driver's seat and get paid. It's really clear to see how their tone of voice really cements their brand. So you could read all of that without even seeing any of their visuals or their color schemes or their fonts. And you can really get a feel for who they are as a brand. So that leads us nicely onto the next step of your messaging framework, which is your brand promise. And this is what you're working towards as a team, as a company, as any kind of entity. It's the one thing that unifies you will. And it needs to come through in every single interaction. So in a learning example, your brand promise should come through in all of your communications, in any marketing tactic you apply, but also in the actual learning experience. There's absolutely no point in having a brand promise and then completely failing on it when somebody actually takes your learning. So it needs to unify the entire experience. So let's use Nike as an example. And actually, in researching this podcast, I've realized that their own CEO calls it Nike. But that makes me feel really uncomfortable. So I'm going to stick with Nike. Uh, But I digress anyway. If I ask you what Nike's tagline is, I think everyone listening here has probably just thought, just do it. Because it's so well known. But if I ask you what their brand promise is, would you be able to give me such a quick answer? Probably not. Nike's brand promise is to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. And then they caveat this with, if you've got a body, you are an athlete. You'll never see that verbatim on any of their adverts, on their website, but you'll feel it through everything they do. So that's what your brand promise is. It's not something that you will write to your learners and say, We are going to do this for you, but it's the one thing to remind you why you're doing this. And then we need to consider your positioning statement. So it's a continuation of your brand promise and it tells you who you serve, what value you're giving, why you're doing what you're doing and what makes you unique. So it's like an expansion of your brand promise. So for us as learning professionals, especially in today's day and age, they're so important because you have to understand your position in your target audience's mind. Your audience, whether you like it or not, have a huge amount of options of where they learn, who they learn from, and whether they bother. 
If they decide that they really want to progress in their career and become a leader, they can find YouTube videos on leadership. They can find free eBooks on Google about leadership. They can find off the shelf content from other providers. So your positioning statement really needs to cement why you're doing what you're doing and why your people should choose you. But then we go on to the customer facing part. We look at taglines. It's the just do it for Nike. It's the every little helps from Tesco. Think differently from Apple. It's a thing your audience will remember. And it doesn't have to be as short as all of those. I think that's often something people fall into a trap with when it comes to taglines. I think it needs to be super, 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 super snappy. And it doesn't. And MasterCard is a brilliant example of that. Their uh, tagline is there are some things money can't buy. For everything else, there's MasterCard. That absolutely tells me why I should have a MasterCard. It tells me what it does without saying this is a card that lets you pay for stuff. It's a brilliant tagline and it's easy to remember. For everything else, there's MasterCard. Absolutely. Your tagline should be easy to remember, but it doesn't need to necessarily be three words because most taglines that you'll Google will be about three words. But your tagline really needs to encompass who you are, what you're offering, your brand promise, your positioning statement, and sit in your learner's mind. So because this is quite a tricky thing to overcome in L&D, I thought I'd give you an L&D example from our lovely friends at Decker Academy. So Decker Academy are a free training solution for veterinary professionals. Uh, They've got a huge number of learners in so many different continents. And their tagline is, because better veterinary care starts with you. That absolutely encompasses what the target audience want, because they want to deliver better better veterinary care. I don't think you'll ever meet a vet that's not absolutely obsessed with animals in some way. But it also puts a complete emphasis on the fact that better veterinary care can only happen if these people continue to update their skills and their knowledge. It really hones in on the USP of Decor Academy. So hopefully that gives you a really clear example of how you can do this in L&D. And then finally, we move on to our brand pillars. So your brand pillars are three to four words that encompass who you are. It's your values and your characteristics. So if we look back to our Nike example, their brand pillars aren't creating really good trainers. That's not interesting to anybody. It doesn't encompass their values. It doesn't encompass their characteristics. It just says what they do. and That's not really what a brand pillar is. Their brand pillars are about beating the competition, surpassing your limits, innovation, inspiration, things like that. So in the learning context, your brand pillars might be things like professional or personal growth, anytime, anywhere, surpassing expectations, those kind of things. It's the words that really help people understand why. Why are you as an L&D brand doing what you're doing? And it's really easy to then fall back into the business mandates. And no, that's not why we're doing what we're doing. We want our people to learn. We want them to progress. We want them to do better, more differently, more productively. And your brand pillar should be encompassing that message. And then we have our bonus section. In our messaging frameworks, it's always a really, really good idea to include some examples to show exactly what you mean. 
So if you're saying your tone of voice is colloquial and casual, but you absolutely would never want them to use an acronym like BTW for, by the way, mention that and show that. Or if you're absolutely fine with them using emojis, for example, I'm seeing that more and more often now, show them an example. It eliminates any misinterpretation and it makes sure that your brand is consistent throughout. And that's remember, that's what we're aiming for. We want consistency throughout everything we do because that's the only way branding works. People can see it, relate to it, understand it and start to recognize it. It keeps us front of mind. So we need to make sure that this messaging framework enables us to be consistent with our messaging, which is a really, really important part of branding. So that's a whistle-stop tour of what a messaging framework is. And I understand this is the kind of thing that you probably want to do alongside writing it down for yourself. So in the show notes, I'm going to link a template of a messaging framework so that you can work through this yourself. As always, if you have any questions about this or anything else to do with marketing for learning, feel free to grab me on LinkedIn. And if there's any other topics you really want us to cover, please do let us know. We do have a never ending list, uh, but we're more than happy to add to that list. So I'll see you on the next one, guys.